Hello, and welcome to Public Key, the new podcast from Chainalysis. This is your host, Ian Andrews. Two years ago, if we told you that Christie's, a 250-year-old auction house, would be creating a fully on-chain platform for NFT sales, you probably would have laughed us out of the room. But after igniting the NFT industry with the $69 million Beeple sale, Christie's is once again revolutionizing the industry with Christie's 3.0. This week, I sit down with Nicole Giles, Business Director, Digital Art Sales at Christie's, to hear all about the Christie's 3.0 platform, which was launched in partnership with Spatial, Manifold, and Chainalysis. And we also hear about the first auction to go live on the new platform featuring 18-year-old digital art phenom, Diana Sinclair. Nicole talks about the Beeple sale that started it all and also the transcendence of contemporary and digital art. She explains how Christie's is onboarding traditional art and luxury goods collectors into Web3 and the emergence of physical and virtual immersive experiences. If you wanna have a sneak peek of what the future of fine art and technology looks like, head to the Christie's 3.0 website found in the show notes. Today, I'm joined by Nicole Giles, who is Business Director for Digital Art Sales at Christie's. This week, Christie's had some really big news, Nicole. Excited to have you on the podcast to chat about it. Why don't we uh, not bury the lead, as they told us back in journalism school. What was the big announcement from Christie's? Yeah, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. We have launched Christie's 3.0, which is our fully on-chain platform for transacting digital art and NFTs on the blockchain. Now, this is a big deal, I think, for a couple reasons, which we'll get into in the podcast. For people that aren't immediately familiar with Christie's, just quick background on the company. You've been around for a long time, more than most organizations, I think, and have kind of a, a rich history. How would you describe Christie's? You've been there for about 10 years, so you've probably got this talk down. <laughs> Yes. Well, Christie's is a 250-year-plus institution where we sell and bring to market the best of the best goods for our luxury clients. So it spans from traditional classic art, furniture, to luxury goods like wine and watches and jewelry, and now all the way up to NFTs. And even even James Bond merchandise. I saw that there's currently a sale underway for some memorabilia if anyone wants any props from the uh, the movies, I'm a big fan, uh, so I was intrigued, although perhaps a little out of my budget. I think my first question here is like, how does a 250-year-old auction house decide that this world of crypto and NFTs is the future of the organization? Like, what led to the decision of we need to create Christie's 3.0? We have been selling digital art for some time, I would say, and it's really just another medium of contemporary art. And when NFTs came around, I think most people probably know us from March of 2021 from selling the $69 million Beeple work back then, which was quite a whirlwind. That all came about because we had sold a work by Robert Alice, actually, in October 2020 that was accompanied by an NFT. It was a physical painting, and it was just accompanied by an NFT, and Maker's Play one of the native NFT platforms reached out to one of my colleagues, Megan, in early 2021 and basically proposed the idea, would you be interested in just selling purely digital art, purely NFT? And we said, 
sure, why not? Let's try it. We have a sale venue where we do very emerging, emerging contemporary artists. So it's an online platform that typically occurs in various times throughout the year. But in March of 2021, it was it was then. And we said, yeah, sure, we'll try it. We'll put this people work in this sale. Why not? We started the bidding at $100 because we had zero expectations. And little did we know, obviously, the rest is history. It shot up quite quickly. In the first eight minutes, it got to a million. And, you know, in, in learning, we learned a lot in that process. We got to talk to a lot of clients and pretty much immediately after putting that artwork up for sale, we realized that cryptocurrency was really the preferred currency for clients of this type of art. So, you know, we pitched our team and they were incredibly supportive and we got all of our finance clients and legal minds behind Christie's being able to accept crypto for this. And we did that really quickly. And we're very proud that we were able to do that so quickly in March. And ever since then, you know, we really looked at what the digital art market is doing. And we decided that, wow, we really need to focus kind of, <laughs> maybe we should have some people focus on this full time. So myself and my colleague Noah at the time, we pivoted from our current roles at that point and, and became fully NFT focused. That's a fascinating story about how you all got involved with people and then and then the pivot. Were you personally into crypto? Uh, like when this people sale happened, was that shocking to you or did you have some background and experience with NFTs at that point? I had zero. I mean, I knew what they were, you know, I, I knew that it was things that people were interested in, but I personally had no, no real experience. When we worked on the people sale, I got my first wallet and learned really quickly, just like everyone else, I think at that time, watched a lot of YouTube videos. And ever since then, for the past, I guess, 18 months from March of 2021 till yesterday, we have been selling a lot of digital art and NFTs at Christie's, quite a lot. Um, and we, all of that has been octane. So whether that's an auctioneer in the front of the room speaking out bidding increments or whether it's an online sale similar to you know an eBay type model where you just bid but you're bidding on image of the work you're not bidding on like the actual on-chain work and then all the post-sale processes have been manual and all of that so now that was really the impetus for us launching Christie's 3.0 it really started with conversations with artists and collectors where they really much prefer to transact and sell on-chain so it's more transparent and for everyone involved. That's a great story. I think I joined Chainalysis in January of last year. And so, you know, it was within a month or two of starting where this sale happened. And I'm I'm not an art collector. So I remember seeing these headlines about this guy, Beeple, who sold this thing. And it was this unbelievable amount of money that was paid for it. And I just remember thinking like, wow, who is spending that money on this? personal story, but my mother uh, has a background in art history and I sent her the headline because I was like, hey, I'm in a new job and look at this crazy thing happening in the art world. And the point she made to me at the time was value of art is entirely in the eye of the beholder or something to that effect, which was like, there'll be lots of critics who question this, but the reality is, you know, there's somebody out there who obviously likes it quite a bit if they spent that money on it. I'm curious too, like digital art has existed well before NFTs got popular. Was that a big category for Christie's? Like, were you engaged? You mentioned you had this kind of emerging art world. And I think from your, your bio, it looks like you've been focused on some of the more modern or contemporary art for some time. Was, was that a big line of business for Christie's? Prior to NFTs, digital art definitely existed as a medium for contemporary artists. And it was really 
kind of fit into a new new media, I would say. Video art, uh, Nanjun Pike is a good example of someone who's been doing video art for quite some time. Really, it wasn't a, necessarily a subdivision as much as it is now. The, when NFT technology became a thing, it really enabled digital artists to be able to ascribe value and scarcity to their digital artworks in a more obvious way. And so that's really, I think, what spurred the popularity in digital art as a collecting category. That makes a ton of sense. I guess I've seen the rise in the the crypto native marketplaces, right? Who are trying to capture all this new interest around NFTs. I have to imagine that's a bit of a motivation for you all. You are the the dominant player in the art auction world. Why not participate in this new medium and new category, right? As as the you've led in other other sectors as well, right? Absolutely. And I think we do add value to the existing players in the digital art market. So I, I don't think we're, you know, we're not trying to come the new open sea, for example, by any means. We're adding a very, very high level of curation to a pretty saturated marketplace. So I think collectors can feel confident coming to us and the works that we select to show and sell on Christie's 3.0. They can feel confident in authenticity, in career trajectory of the artists that we're choosing to show. Um, and the value to some extent. And of course, by you know working with Chainalysis from the compliance side as well. That actually brings up a great point. You're bringing some really interesting partners here together. I love the Chainalysis shout out. Thank you. I'll, I'll tip you afterwards. But, <laughs> but I was interested, you know, one company that I've been watching for a while is Spatial. Tell me about what you're doing with Spatial and how that plays into this experience that you're building. Yeah. So Spatial has been awesome. They helped us build a virtual gallery. So we have a Christie space that we designed using Spatial's tech where people can join virtually with their avatars and walk through the Christie's gallery, see the art that we have on view on Christie's 3.0. So right now we have a exhibition and sale from uh, Diana Sinclair. It's a single artist exhibition called Phases. Her first uh, solo show. So it's been such a joy to work with and all of her works are installed physically at Christie's New York and also installed virtually in our Spatial Gallery. That's really neat. So Spatial, for people listening who have never played with it, one, you should go check out the actual gallery here that Christie's has built. But Spatial is this technology that allows for virtual reality in the browser. So you, I think you can use a headset like an Oculus if you want to, but you don't have to. You can get kind of a hybrid VR experience with three dimensionality and you can kind of move around the space. I first encountered them during the pandemic where I was looking for a better way to interact with like teammates all around the globe. I think that was their first you know, virtual meeting construct. But this actually seems much more exciting to me. So I'm going to go play around with it after we finish the recording and check out some of the artwork. Now, you also worked with a company called Manifold. I'm less familiar with them, but I think they're experts in the smart contract space. Is that right? Yes. So they are a group of phenomenal Web3 developers based in Canada, and they helped us with our marketplace smart contract and just really were phenomenal to work with from a development perspective. As a company that spends a lot of time with organizations after they've been 
uh, attacked or had a, a smart contract compromise, it's it's great to be able to start with trustworthy and good contracts from, from the beginning. And you mentioned Diana Sinclair, obviously, which is the star of this first auction that will run on the Christie's 3.0 platform. People may not know her. I think she's 18 years old and has become sort of a, a phenom. If you're if you're into digital art, you're probably well familiar with the name. I was looking through the, the gallery of NFTs before we jumped on to do the recording today, and it's some incredible art. How did Diana end up being the one chosen for the first auction. Yeah, it was honestly a pretty easy decision. We've been talking with her for a while now and about doing something at Christie's. And concurrently, we wanted to be, you know, launching Christie's 3.0. And so it just kind of made sense. The timing aligned and she was really excited to do this sale on chain. And we we're really excited to have her and her work is great. And it's a really great example of what we're trying to do with Christie's 3.0 is featured primary market works, really work directly with artists who have a really great, you know, uh, introspective body of work. And the art is really, really about the art, the NFTs and the pieces are really, it really comes back to the art and we can really tell a great story and promote her and her vision and her career on the Christie stage. They're powerful pictures. We'll link to them in the show notes so people can easily find them and, and take a look and, and maybe bid on them. Excited to be able to see them for the first time earlier this week. You also mentioned that uh, you actually have them on display in Christie's in New York. So this is interesting to me because it's been one of the the things I think maybe some of the skeptics of, of digital art and NFTs specifically, they're like, okay, so I, I've spent all this money, I've bought this thing, what do I do with it next? Like, is it my Twitter personal profile? Do I get a, a monitor and like display it on the wall? Like, what is the, the medium in which this gets enjoyed? Tell me more about the In Real Life Expo that you have happening at Christie's and like, how do you see that playing out for collectors? I'm curious. Yeah, so we have screens installed in our gallery. They were provided by Danvis. And Diana also created these scrims, which are physical tapestries um, of some of the work. So there, there's nine works in total. Four of them are video. Five of them are stills. Four of the stills also come with these tapestries. So the buyers of, the, of four of the stills will also be gifted these scrims. So it's a really immersive exhibition. You almost have to walk through one of the tapestries to get to the screens in the back. Yeah, I mean, Danvis is a great company. There are some other great screen companies where collectors can display their NFTs similar to how they would any other work of art in a frame in their home. That's really cool. And it, so that trend is the popular approach, right? Is you actually have a digital screen displaying the art live in the room. It's not just all about personal profile pictures on your your Twitter or your Discord handle. Those are okay too, but there's also, <laughs> in addition to, not in, in lieu of, I guess. Yeah, there's a big distinction, I think, between the collectibles, NFTs, and the one of one. So, you know, dropping a 10,000 or 5,000 collection and making one of those your avatar, I think it has a different sense of communities than collecting a one of one from, say, the Anna Sinclair. 
different line of questioning, Nicole. So, you know, I think about the people that are, you know, maybe frequent shoppers at Christie's or frequent auction participants, probably more on the baby boomer generation, just like maybe, and maybe that's wrong. So correct me if it is, but personally, I've never, I've never bought anything at a Christie's auction, but I think about the world of crypto and NFTs. I feel like the old person in the room uh, in that conversation, right? It's very much a 30 and under crowd on the whole. So those two different demographics, you know, that must have presented some interesting challenges. Like, you know, even in this Christie's 3.0 platform, it's interesting that it's entirely on chain. Like you've made very much a leap into the future, but it means that maybe your traditional buyers, like how do you think about them onboarding into crypto? What's been the approach there? So over the past 18 months, since we've been selling NFTs, we have been fortunate enough to be able to onboard a lot of our traditional collectors into the Web3 space. So a lot of handholding with downloading wallets, buying crypto, transferring from Coinbase to your MetaMask, you know, the whole the whole thing. But, you know, we've been really surprised also the other way around. So there's been a lot of people who came to us first because of us selling NFTs and then now are saying, oh, you also sell handbags. You also sell watches. You also sell Warhols on the wall. Fascinating. So you're getting you're getting a halo effect from the NFTs to the rest of the collections. That's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And in terms of Christie's 3.0, I think we were here and we have an excellent client service suite. And that's one of the things that we're very proud to be able to offer to our clients is an onboarding service. So I, we're, we're ready, we're ready and waiting for more traditional clients to come. And, uh, you know, we're very happy to, to onboard them onto the on-chain world. But I think, again, just speaking with artists and, and top collectors in the NFT space, it's really, you know, for Christie's to be a serious player in the digital art world, you know, we, we really had to develop an on-chain solution. I love that you've got an onboarding team. I'm wondering, like, what do you hire for in that onboarding team? Like, what's the uh, background and profile? Do you have to be a serious, like, uh, crypto DeFi degen in order to, to get a job in that team? No, no, honestly. I mean, we have one of our main pillars of what we pride ourselves on is exceptional client service. So, you know, whatever the client service is that we need to offer our clients, our, our team will learn that and be able to provide that to our clients. So whether that's shipping support or, you know, you're walking through the galleries and you want a glass of water or download a crypto wallet, whatever that is. Client services is our thing. That's amazing. I'm feeling more and more as we go through this conversation that I need to experience a, a Christie's auction. I, I need to become a, a customer because the uh, the handholding through the process sounds sounds pretty terrific, actually. Yeah. And, and NFTs aside, I mean, I think people... Not everyone knows that Christie's is just open to the public always, all day. You could just walk in and see amazing art and luxury items that we're selling. I actually had no idea. I live in Washington, D.C., but I'm in New York all the time. And now you've given me something to do the next time I'm in town. Well, let me know when you're here. <laughs> I absolutely will. Now, slightly different topic. You also announced something called Christie's Ventures a few months back. What is Christie's Ventures? really exciting initiative that we launched in July. That is a venture capital arm of Christie's where we are committed to investing in early stage companies that are promoting or focusing on innovation in the art market. So not exclusively Web3, although Web3 does um, necessarily make up a pretty large portion of art innovation these days. 
I have to say I haven't thought about venture capital and the world of art and creativity. Like those seem pretty far apart, right? Like this idea of, you know, venture capital at the end of the day is a business to invest capital to make money primarily. What is the Christie's take on that? How are you approaching that? How does this ultimately serve the, the art world? more than just a profit play, as we talked about earlier, a 250-year-old brand where us lending our brand name to a lot of these startups in the art world means a lot and, and goes quite far in the reputational space, honestly, for that for these for these companies. So I think that's really where we're looking to lend and partner with with a lot of these startups. So things like Web3, we announced that we invested in Layer Zero which is a company that works on interoperability between blockchains. That's an interesting play for the, for the art market down the road. But we're also looking at companies, you know, more like, you know, art hardware firms and also some more uh, financialization of, of art. Oh, interesting. So this really is about building the infrastructure for the future of, of art more than venture capital coming into the art making process. This is about all the, the surrounding platform tech. Absolutely. And we have such an amazing team at Christie's and we want to lend our institutional knowledge to a lot of these startups trying to and hoping to build the future of the art market. I would imagine if I was starting a company and my target users were artists, being able to work with Christie's would give me a great entry point into a, you know, a trusting and collaborative audience for sure, right? Very cool. So so what's next on the horizon? Obviously, I think the auction kicked off yesterday, right? It, we can now start bidding on Diana's first set of, of artwork. Is that right? So the site launched live yesterday and, and the bidding opens today at noon Eastern time, about an hour from right now at the time of our recording. <laughs> oh, perfect. We probably won't publish today. So it'll be Wednesday, September 28th at noon Eastern. Bidding opens and then the auction runs until when? October 11th at noon Eastern. So if you're listening to this before October 11th, go connect your wallet to the site. Do your best to win some of, of Diana's amazing art. What's next after this? Do you have do you have more auctions already lined up in the queue? Or is that uh, is that a secret you're not willing to share with us here on Public Key? We definitely have some stuff in the works for the remainder of 2022 and even looking ahead already into 2023. Very fast nature of the crypto world. We, we definitely have some plans. You know, if I'm an artist listening or somebody who's working in an NFT project and I want to come work with Christie's, what's the best way to get engaged? Do I just, you know, stalk you on LinkedIn or, or Twitter <laughs> or is there, a, is there a better approach? Yeah, I mean, first of all, always happy to be connected. My Twitter and Telegram is on the Christie's 3.0 site. I could also post it when you post this podcast. It's at Nicole A. Sales is my Twitter. Yeah, and you can and you can get in touch with us on Christie's. There's also a Christie's portal where you can submit works for valuation. So yeah, we're always looking for new for new artists to work with. Amazing. Well, Nicole, I'm I'm super excited to see uh, where Christie's goes 3.0 and and beyond. This has been a fun chat. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks so much, Ian. Thanks for listening to episode 25 of Public Key. Wow, another exciting milestone. And guess what? I love getting feedback on the show. So when you have a minute, open your podcast app, drop me a review. In other news, Chainalysis co-founder and chief strategy officer, Jonathan Levin, has been busy these last few weeks. He spoke about the future of finance in the CFTC Market Risk Advisory Committee and testified before the House of Representatives Financial Services Subcommittee. One thing he said that stuck with me was, cryptocurrencies actually mark the first innovation in financial services that is consistent with American values. 
We must therefore mitigate the national security risks that arise from cryptocurrencies to unlock their strategic potential. If that's interesting to you, then go down to the show notes and you can find the link to his full testimony.